Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, just look for Real Estate in the 608. I'm Ben Anton. And I'm Adam Elliott. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a better. Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison Musicians Seesaw. Again, welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. We've said this before, Ben, but it's worth repeating. We are available on Apple Podcasts, if that's the place that you found us. Thank you very much. You can also ask Siri or Alexa, play real estate in the 608. Um, And we are very happy that you are here with us today. We are happy. And we moved Alexa downstairs so she doesn't answer back (laughs) when we we call out her name. So that's added bonus, too. Also on SoundCloud, for those of you living in um, maybe just like 2014. SoundCloud is a is the place to go these days. It's a thing. If you need to put your music out, that's where you would go. You'll find us there. You'll find us in Apple Podcasts as well. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for whom, Adam? Well, it's for homeowners, landlords, really anybody with ears, but we're kind of focused on these folks who are doing things that we're talking about. People thinking about investment properties. People who just want to be better at living in a house. People who want to be more familiar with the house they live in and maybe more familiar with the processes a homeowner may undertake. My daughter Lola was sharing a story with me. She had spoken recently to someone who was very frustrated with the tasks of homeownership. Oh, yeah. And it, they can know, be frustrating. It sometimes. can be frustrating. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I tried to explain to Lola that owning a home is a lot like having a part-time job. And it is a job that if you perform it well will pay you. It will, although it may cost you as you're working. It's, it's it. going to cost you, <laughs> but if you perform that part-time job well, you will someday, if all goes well, reap a wonderful benefit. This and is that true. is and that is the benefit of increased equity and increased home value. I'm glad you talk about benefits because you're listening to this, hopefully, because you feel that there is benefit out of it, and that's what we try to provide you. We do that with providing some regular features that are in the show. We're going to surround ourselves with people smarter than us. One of those people is Phil, who's going to call in with some very heady stuff, a look beyond the 608. Always makes you you think. You might press pause, rewind, listen Mm -hmm. again. I have to do that sometimes. We're also going to get a market update every time we sit, and we're going to have a a top-of-the-hour tip, usually both from agents at the Lauer Realty Group, one of our sponsors. A good little nugget, essentially, to help you with, like, to orient you for the month. Maybe something to think about, a tip for you, per se. Yeah. So the people that uh, the people that those guests and, uh, and contributors are smarter than are Ben. That's me. That's you. I'm the landlord. I am also a broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group. Yep. And my name's Adam Elliott. I am a homeowner. I uh, do not know a ton about real estate other than what I learned from Ben, but I am a former Madison radio personality, um, also an instructor at Madison College as well, and I'm here long for the ride. You are the grease on the gears. I learned. You are, as, make, you are helping these cogs go. turn. And our guest, our guest this week is a, is a professional organizer, uh, Nicole Gruder with Positive Spaces. I can't tell you how excited I am to to talk to her today. I have not met Nicole. I know you are familiar with Nicole and talked to her in the past. Mm-hmm. I know her just from her web presence and her media presence that's been out there. And what I've read, this is exciting to me. Multifaceted. We, call, we called Jesse, we had a landlord on, we called him the Renaissance man because oh. he could fix most anything. Uh, to, to say 
the, uh, Nicole has has is multifaceted in in many regards, right? Um, both professionally and uh, creatively. Creatively, say, there easily. we go. Certainly, and a master's in performance art. She got her MFA from Madison, so she's a local girl. But I would all. I mean, it's hard to just pin down what exactly she is because she's so many things. I think she's a performance artist. I think she's a musician. I think she's a writer. I think she's generally like a, just a creative muse that could do you know something for you. And like, I think that's what she's doing right now in her her new venture, which is helping people figure out what to do with that space that they live in. Well, that's going to be a real interesting time with her, and she will join us shortly. All right. Let's talk about what's been going on since last time. I have been painting the house. You have. It looks beautiful. Thank you. Nice you, work. you must have approached from the southeast. I did, yes. That I, saw, is, I saw two full sides. That complete. is my best frontage right now. <laughs> it looks uh, nice. The, the westerly corner of my home remains yellow. Okay. Well, you know, one side at a time. It's little small changes that you make. I'm going to talk in a minute about a great reason to like Real Estate in the 608 on Facebook. Okay. But this, but seeing pictures of my house is, is like the third or fourth reason, mm-hmm. but it might be fun for you. You can see a picture <laughs> of the house getting painted. I'm hoping to take a picture of you painting that house later, Adam. Someday. It, you know, so let's my... do it. Let's like Real Estate in the 608. By, by, it's uh, in the 608. In the 608. Just head to Facebook, search for it. You'll see your name, my name. Like the, the page. of the red house. See the pictures. <laughs> Very nice. What have you been up to? Yeah, so me for it's been an escalation of summer projects. I don't know if you can see right here on my thumb, but I have done some damage (laughs) to myself while working on a deck. Did you miss Uh, the nail? Yeah, missed the nail. Caught it with the hammer. I thought it might also be fun to mention. Mm -hmm. um, You made you called me last week. I did. What did you say? Yes. So I was like, "Hey Ben, I think I have one on the line. A potential. I think, I think I see something. Yeah. That's worth looking at. And this was a house that I uh, was tipped off. I think I got one of my emails. I get many emails that say this is coming up for sale or going yeah. on the market. And it was a space over on Lansing Street on the east yeah. side of Madison. You know what? This price looks like it could be in the place that I could afford for a potential rental property of mine, for a potential investment property of mine. I said, Ben, can we go check it out? Right. So he's getting an email. I'm, I'm hoping it's from me. I can, for anyone, set up a search, and the minute something falls within that net, we cast a net. The minute the minute something falls within it, uh, everybody gets an email. So we see this place at 50 Lansing, mm-hmm. and uh, and quickly, that's a, it's an Eastmoreland neighborhood. It's a block block shy of Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodman East, Air, Woodman's, Woodman's East, East Air, yeah. on the inside yeah. of 51. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to what I might call tract homes, there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, 760 square foot single story, some slab homes over there. But it's on Lansing, and Lansing was built a little bit before, so we're seeing some houses from the late 30s and 40s, a lot of one-and-a-half-story bungalows and some two-stories. But there's this little squat house set in the way back of the lot. Tiny house. 650 square feet, maybe. It's like a story unto itself. A small house on the back of the lot, (laughs) on the end of the street. So for those of you who already like in the 608 on Facebook, you may have seen some pictures. I said, I said, there is no hole. There is no hole too deep or dark or dirty for me to crawl in uh, to find a good value. I was slightly frightened that you jumped into I kind of, I kind of wanted to get a look at it. So uh, I posted those pictures online mm-hmm. and Rhonda, my business partner in Deacon Housing, Rhonda Plored, but she saw the picture. She said, Ben, 
Let's go see this house. You want to check it out there. We okay. went back the day after I the day after I saw it with Adam, who was a little bit where you this is a bit much. It was too much for me. So we should too give much for we Adam. should give some scope as to like when we entered the house, sinking floors, tub sinking going floors. through the floor, yeah. plumbing running on the outside of the walls. Yeah. Walls that were two by four thick. Uh, a chimney in the attic. Chimney in the attic. A chimney in the attic with no chimney in the house to support it. No heating except this, like, what do you call a those wa- things? A wall furnace. A wall furnace. Similar to, a, like, a mobile home. Okay, so nothing built into it, and I was just like, you know what? This is, I'm not into, like, tearing down and starting new. I can fix some things. I think this is beyond my reach. So I, uh, so I got the call from Rhonda, and she is a little bit more into tearing things down. Mm-hmm. So we went and looked at it the next morning with that intent. Uh, or, you know, how would this be for a teardown project? And that may very well happen. There is an accepted offer yep. on the property now. So okay. she got an accepted offer. But I think this is going to be a little feature that we'll at least mention in the podcast. But uh, but keep an eye in the 608 on Facebook. And we're going to keep an album there. And it's going to be called The House That Rhonda Built. <laughs> or The House That Rhonda Bought. Man. Or something like that. And it will... It will uh, it will uh, chronicle, mm-hmm. it'll log and it'll chronicle log and chronic. um, <laughs> what happens there at 50 Lansing. I'm super curious because like, you know, not that I would ever do this, but like my last thought when we close the door, I'm like, I should probably just drop a book of matches and let this thing go to the ground because I don't know how you're going to redo this. But as it becomes available, it's going to be a little feature on the web or on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Sweet. We will watch out for that. Uh, that Facebook page, one more time, in the 608 on Facebook. Just search for it. And that is what's been going on since last time. Ben, what's going on from the headlines? In the headlines, I received several emails mm-hmm. um, because people people tend to think I know I know a lot of things. When in reality, I, I, I just agree, know I a, agree with them. I know a lot of people. Uh-huh. Sometimes it seems like I know a lot of things, but really, I just know a lot of people. So when people ask me about uh, what's the cho- the chocolate shop is for sale, mm-hmm. oh. I was able to answer most of their questions because a um, it's listed at the firm here at Lowell Realty, uh, and b I've got a good amount of backstory because I know several other players. Um, this is a chocolate shop on Atwood, right? A chocolate shop on Atwood. Oh man! Don't tell me it's going away. Only the building is for sale. So right okay. now, there, there, we wonder. There's nothing happening for certain. <sighs> I'll prepare myself. Um, the building is for sale. One hundred sixty thousand dollars for a tiny little triangle-shaped yeah, building. Wow! Um, and it is oddly, actually, it's adjacent. Uh, one of the apartment buildings that Rhonda and I own. So we've mm. we've watched Dave and the ice cream folks kind of settle in there and do mm-hmm. some improvements along the rear. Um, so no need to worry quite yet. Okay. Uh, but but some question. Now, most often, a uh, a commercial tenant might have a first right of refusal. Uh, they might have an opportunity, mm-hmm. the first opportunity, to buy. Uh, when a landlord sells, and I believe that's the case over there. Okay. Um, but so then we could just imagine that the price they're asking is more than the, you know, is more than the current tenant was willing to pay. So the first right of refusal. So we'll watch that play out gotcha. and see what happens. By the way, that little tiny corner space that I'm sure everyone's seen driving by more than the house that we looked at. Yeah, because <laughs> Three, location, right? Three hundred and thirty yeah. square feet, so about <laughs> half as big. Wow. Half as big and not quite twice as. Twice as much. Okay. Well, but the floor is probably sturdy here too. There's probably no tub falling through the floor, right? No, I don't think it has a tub. <laughs> Man, there will be an uproar if they if they don't stick around. So here's crossing our fingers that things do work out for them. Uh, 
cheapest sale mm-hmm. in the last 45 or so days. Last month, we talked about the smallest, so mm-hmm. I had a little bit more time to look back for the cheapest sale, $55,000 for a 1,000-square-foot uh, two-bedroom in Cambridge. Cambridge. Is that, so, is that low? Is that high for Cambridge? That, well, that's low for that's low for the whole county. Low for the whole county, uh, or, or the uh, the 608, as we say. Mm. But uh, described as a fixer and a potential teardown. It was on a main street downtown, okay. little bitty house, decent-sized lot. Sold for cash, so another one that we're financing, just like the place on Lansing, mm-hmm. where a bank wouldn't necessarily offer fixed money on a house in that condition. Mm-hmm. This house in Cambridge also needed a cash buyer. Bank doesn't see a profit on that, or bank doesn't think it's doesn't gonna, see the risk. Doesn't see the risk because that it okay. If it can't be lived in, the bank doesn't want to give gotcha. fixed money or that thirty-year money they call it. You know, like a fixed rate okay. loan. Yeah, so that place we saw in Lansing. I wouldn't live. <laughs> it could it could not be lived in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about the highest? Fifty five twenty nine Lake Mendota Drive in Middleton. So we're on the water as okay. we have been mm-hmm. for almost all of our right. uh, most expensive homes, and that was a five bedroom, four point five bath, uh, eight days on the market, down from one point five million. So uh, hmm. that was one point one point four five million. Would so, would uh, would that house have stayed on the market for more than eight days or less than eight days, say a month or two ago, when it was just like on fire everywhere? I think it might have sold right away. Um, I'm feeling the market slow just a little bit. All right. And I should apologize if I triggered anyone about on fire in Madison as of lately with the MG&E and all the things that happened downtown oh in my, the last oh my. month. Wow. We turned the air conditioning down. Oh, good for you. That's why it's a little warm up here. Good for you. So that was a 12-year-old home with 50, 50 feet of frontage, but 1.45 mm-hmm. million. And that was, that was a conventionally financed deal. So nobody brought that briefcase of cash we've joked about. All right, let's look from the headlines. Our in-studio guest today is Nicole Gruder, a professional organizer with Positive Space. Positive Space. Okay, I feel like we're going to do some meditating, maybe, now that we have Positive Space. I feel like we're going to have a very calm experience. Oh, I've, I've got That's... a lot of questions. And, <laughs> and so, and so we, will, we will answer those questions, or at least have them asked, after the top of the hour tip. We're going to get some local advice from one of our favorite Lauer Realty Group agents, on how to improve your home or investment property ownership experience. Real Estate in the 608 is brought to you in part by the Lauer Realty Group at 2229 Atwood Avenue and online at lauerrealtygroup.com. Lauer Realty Group, powerful results, real people. In the studio with us today, one of those real people, Rachel Whaley, with the top of the hour tip. Here to talk about heat exchangers, which is the primary, one of the primary components of a furnace. A heat exchanger exchanges the heat and puts it into your house, and sometimes as it gets older, it starts to rust and crack. That rusting and cracking will cause carbon monoxide in your home. If your furnace is old, and then a lot of furnace companies and brands will cover a warranty on the furnace that goes until about 20 years. And the heat exchanger is covered in that 20 years. If you have an older furnace in your basement and you don't have a carbon monoxide detector in your house, which you should, you may want to just call a furnace HVAC company and get it inspected, which is a little bit different than a clean and check. You want to have a service technician come out and inspect it for a cracked heat exchanger. If they find a cracked heat exchanger, then you can call the furnace company brand and tell them about it. And most likely it would be covered. 
And if that thing could get replaced, then you could really extend the life expectancy of your furnace. And also, it's really important to have a carbon monoxide detector on every level of your home. It should be not at the bottom of the floor, not at your ceiling. It should be about five feet up from Maybe where the, the floor. Maybe bre- where the breathing happens. Yeah, where the breathing happens. It kind of hovers right in the middle there. So we highly recommend that it could save your life. Thank you very much, Rachel, for the top of the hour tip. Welcome back to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us online in the 608.com or in the 608 on Facebook as well. Ben, who do we got in studio today? We are here with Nicole Gruder, a professional organizer, an MFA in performance art, online videos suggesting she is fun. There's a lot of fun things that I think Nicole has for us today, but how will we tell if she's really We fun, will ben? decide if she is fun by playing a little game. It's called? The Way It Used to Be. There used to be. But smiling faces far as the eye could see Car in every driveway, swinging every tree People can't stop talking about the way things used to be All right, Nicole, coming in cold, haven't even said hello yet, why don't you? Hello. Nicole joins us, and she's going to play the Get to Know You game, a quiz game of Madison history and place questions. Oh, boy. All right, I know a little, I, I did ask a little bit about her recent history, mm-hmm. and she uh, moved to Madison in about 1989. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the, But has spent some of the time since then in New Orleans. So so perhaps that skewed the questions. Um, <laughs> the ones that I get wrong, yes, that will be the, the, the reason. Okay. While moving here in 1989, spending some time in New Orleans, Popeye's Chicken, now branded as Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, how many locations are there in the 608? Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, excuse me. Yes, now branded as Popeye's... Louisiana Kitchen. Are they sending us money, by the way? No. (laughs) (laughs) She could just say, I'm a vegetarian, and then we're done. (laughs) I only remember seeing one, and it was by Woodman's, and now it's closed. That it, is, it is right. That is right, yeah. The bell goes off there. Thank you. Uh, but there are three. There's three. Oh. There's three. There's one that has maintained itself on South Fish Hatchery. Yep. And then there mm-hmm. is a there is a the, the one on Milwaukee Street closed, but there yep. have I believe there have been three total. And the, the third is to our north, our neighbors to the north and DeForest. Oh. oh I would wonder you know, I wonder <laughs> if uh, if village president Judd Blau, friend of yours and mine, yes, a, f- a former and co-worker I, of ours. And yeah. I hope listener, uh, I hope that uh, here's a little plug for DeForest. It's a beautiful town to live in. And they've got a lovely village president in in in, in Judd Blau, oh. and I bet you he had something to do with the Louisiana kitchen uh, taking up home there in beautiful so. DeForest. Side note on Judd, he does a fantastic Chris Farley Matt Foley impersonation. Oh, <laughs> he is like right. right there. You give you give him a sport coat that doesn't fit, oh, and he man. will show you how funny it is to be in a van down right. by the river. That was a good memory. What's question? <laughs> All right, here's a question. Oh. Madison Architects, uh, famous Frank Lloyd Wright adjacent designers. That's that's kind of the question uh, range. Name the Madison famous. See, I'm like Eastside famous. Mm-hmm. That's so it's a level of famous. <laughs> Name the Madison famous architect. Responsible for not only significant influences in hospital and clinic design, influences in the Middleton Hills neighborhood, an example of new urbanism, but also influences in properly organized closets. Techline, for specifics, we're talking about the Techline Closet Company. 
What famous Madison architect played a role in the forming of the Techline <laughs> oh, Closet boy. Company? I, uh, we know it's uh, not uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. It's already eliminated. It's someone. That. It's Frank Lloyd, Frank Lloyd Wright adjacent, adjacent. which is just about any architect in the mid century. Right, like exactly. The, oh, and he, in the Midwest, he brushed <laughs> he brushed up against Frank Lloyd Wright at a at a Popeyes chicken one time <laughs> in DeForest. <laughs> in DeForest. So okay, um, I'm going to give you one more clue, and I'm going to take you back to the uh, the hospital and clinic aspect uh-huh. because there's a street named. I believe it's a street named uh, for said architect that that is flanked by a number of the clinics that they designed, that his firm designed. That's a tricky one. I am really excited to learn something new right now. (laughs) That's a great way (laughs) to start. Turning it it around, right? Yeah. (laughs) Next time you see a a closet by Techline, Mm -hmm. you're going to say, Oh, that's Marshall Erdman's work. Marshall Erdman. Marshall Erdman. Oh, wow. Uh, did we know he designed clinics and hospitals? You know, I know the name. I did not know designer. I think because because Nicole was here in 1989, and I read one of her stories. Oh. And it made me. <laughs> It made one, okay. So, so Nicole is uh, is a, has her MFA in performance art. She has there is some written work. If you Google her, you would find that she has a website with all kinds of examples of her creative work, uh, as well as her her positive space um, work. So I was reading a piece. Maybe it's called written, was it written word. Um, you do you have are. to? Do yeah. you have to? But that sounds to me like when it's written, like you're just going to say it. The yep. spoken word, but it's yep. anyway. Um, it made me think. That we had been in the same spaces. Are we talking oh. a musical space? I worked adjacent said musical space. Oh. See, Nicole is going to learn that I worked at the comic strip. What? Dude, that should have been the quiz question. I could have answered that. Well, here's, this is question three. <laughs> <laughs> question three. Name two menu items from Kay's comic strip. Hard-boiled eggs. Or, oh, wow. or pickled eggs. Pickled, hard-pickled, hard-pickled, hard eggs. <laughs> There an just, egg involved. Just hard-boiled. <laughs> hard-boiled hard eggs. Uh-huh. And I'm going to wash it down with a... Turkey gizzard. Oh. <laughs> that must have, that must right? have been before I, I was there. Apparently, you never had <laughs> dinner there. I, I had dinner there a number of times. A um, blatz. A blatz. A blatz. Oh, yes. well done. Blatz well done. is the answer we were looking for. <laughs> I think the sheer confidence in your voice on turkey gizzard. All right. That you get, sounds like that was... I'd believe it. We can ring the bell one more time if you can tell me the price of a, of a boiled egg and a blatz in 1997. I'm gonna oh guess a dollar seventy-five. Oh, dollar ten. Oh, uh, twenty-five <laughs> cents for an egg, boiled by June. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. And a dollar ten for a returnable bottle of Blatz. Was the egg in one of those jars that you? No, have to well, stick she just your, boiled she, them there oh, on a okay, hot plate. She did, and oh. then would serve them. I've seen, I've seen it all there. That's... I've seen people get people get their hair. I would cut imagine. There. I've seen people. <laughs> Can I? Can we? You can. We well, you know, I don't know who's all going to hear this. No, <laughs> no you got to say it now. Well, I've seen people <laughs> urinating against uh, the bar. <laughs> I've seen people. I remember a cowboy 
on the he was on top of the bar and he was getting a jello shot sucked out of his navel. I mean, it's really it was a wild place. Ben, you were known to wear a cowboy hat. I yeah, was, was that you? That's I'm, right. I saw I'm you at Atwood or at La um, uh, Fete Marquette. With you will the see me with hat. a cowboy hat, but that uh, the comic strip predates my cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> you are probably talking about cowboy. Uh, that's what we call him. And he would, we're going to have to edit this out. Um, <laughs> which which we, we will not. <laughs> 80 degrees and I don't give a because f- I'm off of my truck to the something, to the radio. Get out. Oh, is that a song? Do we Madison, recognize that? I, I, I don't, but I'll buy it. it. I know I'll the lyrics. For a, yeah. For $1. ten. That's right. <laughs> you can. Anyway. <laughs> something, something, don't give a blank. And we're off to the rodeo. But he would he would sing that. And I was bartending at Lafette. I re-upped my license. I was working at one of the bartends at, at, at Madison's biggest summer festival. Um, and I and one of the women there says, I know you from somewhere. And and she swears it was from 20 years ago that I poured her a blatz, or I served her a blatz wow. in a bottle. Good talk memory. About, uh, talk about running into some folks. So there we are, you and I. We've merged. We've, we've merged. Paths. We've cro- we, our Venn diagram. And is it makes it sound like I w- was hanging out there, but the thing is, is that I worked at OK's, but I, we had uh-huh. to get our mail yeah. there. And OK's didn't open until four, and we had to get our ice there. And so, um, or, uh, not the whole time OK's was open, but sometimes. And so the, I would wander in there once in a while to get the ice and get the, the mail. And so I would see these. Events happen once and, in a while. And the, uh, the comic know. strip's lone keg of old-style beer was in the basement at OK's. We did not oh, have our own cooler. Right. Oh. That's so when right. we ran out of when we ran out of old-style, we had to go go next door. So yes. There's a sharing of ice, sharing of coolers. Wow, it's just like little oh. ecosystems going on there. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's one word for it. There were things growing in the basement, yes. Boy, I want to keep you. Let's talk about houses. Yes. Uh, let us reintroduce ourselves. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Across the table is Ben Anton. Our in-studio guest is Nicole Gruder. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. More than it welcome. Lovely to have you here. Before we talk about, like, in the beginning, I think we should tell folks, like, who you are, what you do. Great. I think you have comic talent. I think you have artistic talent. I think you are a writer. I think you try to encourage other people to express their creativity as well. I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And all of it I found to be exactly in my wheelhouse when it comes to comedy. And I'm just so glad that you are here today. But let's talk about in the beginning, Ben. In the beginning, we're going to talk about your house. I We, we talked about that you own one. I looked it up. When did you buy that house? Well, I think it was in... 2000. It was in 2000. Yay! Can you, can you ring the bell? It was, sure. <laughs> Thanks! It was uh, it was listed on June 28th in the year 2000, and the closing was, let's see here, we printed it out, um, August? August 8th. Oh. August 8th, in the year 2000. And I can no doubt, um, in reading the comments, um, I, can, I can see how you fell in love with it. Welcome to Monona, where the style of the times is peace and quiet. This is just a poor, <laughs> this is poorly written. Real, we could have a whole nother feature. Style, of the, style times. of the times. Wait, right. this is, okay. if you can remember back, back when it was appropriate to put the uh, MLS comments in all caps. Oh. Before wow. all caps was yelling, mm-hmm. um, 
All caps. It's was, really quiet here. <laughs> Come and enjoy Monona. It's great. The uh, you will enjoy the wooded setting convenient to Monona Drive and the lake. Discover the recent mecha- discover the recent mechanical updates to this charming ranch with oak floors. Mechanical updates. What on earth would they yeah. have been? I don't know. I don't but even anyway. have a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> you, mm, you curious. Fe- you fell in love on day uh, on day eighteen. So in 2000, and then we paid somewhere in, in the middle of the value price range, which I'm not actually towards the bottom of the value price range, but good for you. What brought you to Monona and this darling home with oak floors? Well, apparently I was a lot smarter in my 20s than I am now, and I thought I just... <laughs> um, we all? Yeah, I had the, the wherewithal to... <laughs> to buy a house, which still astonishes me. Um, and I couldn't find anything that I could afford that wasn't falling apart uh, in on the east side at the time. And so I heard about this place called Monona. And when you're 20-something years old and you're used to being downtown and on the east side, you're like, "What? where? Where's Monona? <laughs> anyway, we looked at it and I loved it. And um, I felt like I was on the edge of the world out there. And now I have a lot, a lot of friends out there, right? Within a few blocks from me or within Monona itself somewhere or right on the edge of Madison. And it's great. I was a, a trailblazer. Well, I would bet that the 800 square feet afforded you by that lovely Monona Ranch, could that be some of your inspiration in uh, in living a simpler, clutter-free life? You got it. I, uh, uh, okay. yeah, see, that's the connection, now, right? So. Yeah. so it's actually, does it say 800? It's actually 756 square feet. <laughs> Perhaps some hyperbole on the part uh, of the listing agent. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. I would love to have an extra 44 square feet. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a lot of things. I felt very obligated to take care of stuff, stuff that I found on the side of the road, stuff from my family, um, vintage stuff, uh, every book under the sun, you name it. I felt like I, I needed to have it under my roof. I think you're saying you're collecting. Yes. You're bringing a lot of stuff into this less than 800 square feet. Yes. Just under. Yes. <laughs> okay. And there got to be a point where I realized I just, I had an issue. And I had this uh, huge tea service where I was, I remember it in my kitchen cabinet and I thought, what on earth am I doing with this enormous tea service? It was my grandmother's, but I didn't remember using it. My, I don't remember my mother using it or my grandmother. And yet here I am taking care of it and I have no memories associated with it. And uh, that's a light, big light bulb went off. And I looked down at all of my belongings and all the, yeah, I had like stalagmites of books rising up from the ground. And just, <laughs> it was incredible how much stuff I had. And I didn't have room for, um, I didn't have room for guests. I didn't have room for myself, barely. And I thought, I'm going to do something about this. And, and I'll wager a guess to say yeah. that like this meant something to you, though. These these items, they landed with you. There's a reason why you collected them, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And that's where I became very fascinated with how we infuse so much emotion into inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. So I started studying that. And a lot of uh, performance and stories and interactive work came from 
that, that realization and the downsizing experience. So I have a lot of empathy when I deal with my clients and um, can walk them through all the, the levels, the, the stages. Em- empathy is a, is a good touch point there because because having you here to, to the studio, which as some may have figured out is in the, in the upper level of my home, <laughs> um, I, I had to tidy the path. Like to, I was like, oh, here? uh-oh, yeah. there's an organizer lady coming. <laughs> I, you didn't want a, an immediate critique? I, I assure you that everything you walked past on the way up here brings me joy. <laughs> I love it. It looked beautiful. The, dish, the dishes in the sink specifically don't bring me joy, but the food prepared in them recently brought me joy. Most important. Um, and everything that doesn't bring me joy is, belongs to my girls. Um, I, they bring me joy, but their stuff, their stuff we're still working <laughs> good, on. Good catch. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> understanding that, that, so you, you yourself has, have been through the process and kind of brought a greater depth to your understanding, not only of the reasons one may collect, but the reasons and benefits of, of letting go. Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, They were everywhere from just feeling relief to not having to have that sense of obligation to take care of all these things. Um, But the increased space, the increased calm. um, One benefit that I didn't anticipate was that it made it easier to clean my house. I wasn't pushing things around and, you know, pushing them from over here and over there and moving them back and... Um, yeah, and just it was easier to find things, and then so there's the downsizing element, and then in came sort of the mindfulness element where I became more aware, uh, quite a bit more aware of what came into my house as opposed to just what was getting out of my house. So then I would start realizing, oh, I don't need to pick up every piece of swag or free this or pamphlet or, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that seem so innocent when you, when you bring them home, but then they add up and over the years before you know it, there you are with boxes and boxes and junk drawers and junk drawers. And you know, it's funny. It touches on the psyche of not only Madison here, but just Americans in general. Like we consume things and we want the next thing. It's very common that cycle. It can be problematic and I think it can start affecting one's own even mental health at one point. Definitely. And it, it does affect, um, I mean, it's, it, I am a firm believer that it affects our emotional health, mental health, physical health, uh, spiritual health, financial health. And now, you know, we know this in our gut and now the scientific evidence is in, um, this is a study that was done a few years ago already where there's your cortisol levels rise when you're surrounded by too much clutter, particularly in women. I'm not sure why that is, but when we are surrounded by too much clutter, then uh, we just get anxious or depressed even. You said financial health, and I'm thinking of all the different ways that this has an immediate effect on on your financial well-being as it relates to your home. You might, it's easier to clean. That's a big that's a big thing. But uh, 19 years later, after you bought the beautiful little house with oak floors, you can still be in it, and maybe that would not have been possible if you needed to keep all those things. So you have found a home that you could live in longer by living there more simply. Um, that is almost always, staying in a home longer is almost always a good financial uh, idea. When I, when I talk with first-time buyers, I'm saying, I want you to buy a house that's going to last you 
a little bit. I want you to go to the top of your comfort range. I want you to be at the top of that range so this house can last you because the easiest way to lose money in real estate is being forced to buy and sell and buy and sell. If you can buy a good house and it lasts you a long time, that's the easiest way to make money. Another easy financial win here is uh, when you visited our offices, we talked about prep for sale. And while it would be great to live simply for the health benefits. So is that something that you've worked with people specifically to do? Are you are you more holistic or do you do some down and dirty, let's make this house pretty? <laughs> I do both. I do the whole shebang. I, I love working with people at the juncture of moving. I think it really crystallizes decision making, deciding what's going to be in the next chapter of your life. And if you want to bring in a lot of old boxes that have been sitting there from the last time you moved, might want to reconsider. I feel... Like this, that's the perfect time to reevaluate what you own, why you own it, and what the next house is going to offer you. And indeed, I've never thought of it in those terms as far as buying at the top end of your comfort zone and then staying within that realm as opposed to continually buying, you know, the next larger house just because you have more stuff. Um, I've bread. I don't know if this is true, but it's 20 in the last 20 years, our homes have tripled in size on average. Does that sound about right? I think new construction builds. New, yes. Yeah, new, construction. new construction builds that the, uh, are much larger because in 1950, when your house was built or there about, let's look here. 1953. In 1953, that 800 square foot house was big enough for a family of three. And or granted, four. it's nicer yeah. to have a little bit more elbow room than these houses with a, especially a family of three or four. But our our family sizes have decreased, and yet our homes have increased. And then on top of that, one in 10 Americans own a storage unit. So it's just our stuff is really suffocating our, you know, what we do with our time, our energy, our money. It's really... Uh, I think it's quite a big problem. Somewhere in there is the George Carlin joke where you don't only move to a new house because you need space for more yep, stuff. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it still rings true. <laughs> Welcome back to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine. For your ears, you can find us online at inthe608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. Around the round table to my right is Ben Anton, the co-host of the show. And to my left is our in-studio guest, Nicole Gruder. Nicole of Positive Space Online. Also, you come into people's houses, you help them declutter, you help them downsize, you help them let go of what they have. Yes, sir. That has got to be a trick unto itself because of the aforementioned personal connection to all the things. How do you convince somebody that they don't need that stack of newspapers from 1974. To my client's credit, oftentimes when people get a hold of me, they are ready. And that's the big first step, yeah. right? They, they've gotten a hold of me. They are rearing to go. That being said, there are for sure some stumbling items, stumbling block items where you are not quite sure what to do with it. You are grappling with the emotional connection or sometimes people... There's a, a few directions that people like to, how do I want to put it? They, they, they want to let go, but in an appropriate way. They either want it to go to a good home. Mm -hmm. They want to have the lineage of the piece be observed, I guess you could say. Uh, they want to have a witness. Mm -hmm. People will tell me their stories about the pieces. 
and that is sometimes all it takes to let go of a, of a particular item. They want people to know this was an important piece to my family. I don't want to carry it in my life anymore, but I need to let somebody know it's meaning to me. And so that's where the witness part happens. And then if it's, if it's something that we think someone else could enjoy, we, we make a deliberate choice to either call that person, get in, get in touch with that person. I encourage people to not spend too much time doing that because otherwise we don't get far. But if it's an important enough step in their process, then um, it, it, if it makes them feel better about it, then I think it's best. So I, mm-hmm. I can hold their hand. I can rationalize with them about, you know, it, how long do you want this in your life? How much time and energy do you want to give to it? Do you have space in your, let's say if they're moving in your new home, do you want to be paying mortgage or rent to house this particular item, all these things. And then, you know, we just have a yes or no. I don't do maybe piles. There's no maybes. Mm-hmm. It's going so or it's staying. Maybe shine, helping shine a, the harsh, bright light of reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, is it so harsh? Yeah. Hi. What's your goal in this process? Where, where do you hope they get to? Um, well, I make it very clear that they need to know their goals. So they have mm-hmm. their why, their motivation, and that we can often swing back to when we are stuck with an item or, or items. Um, I think, okay, is it, your goal is to you know, have this room become a nursery or your goal is to revisit your artwork or your goal is to live with a more calm environment. My goal is, you know, whatever the goals are, they obviously more can be more than one. And if we get stuck at a certain point, we just bring that back up. We resurrect that goal. And I ask, does it fulfill that goal? And it's usually pretty clear uh, if it's a yes or a no. I'm, I'm hearing hints of uh, Marie Kondo. <laughs> Obviously, there was there was a phase once her show rolled out on Netflix. Everybody was like, "I know who that is." It's the lady who says, "If it if it gives you joy, yes, like that's the question you'd ask yourself. And if it does not, you get rid of it." And then she has strategies on on how to do that. You're kind of like the Marie Kondo of Madison. I would love uh, that or title. Maybe in the six oh eight. Yeah, certainly we, yes. The the yeah. Marie Kondo. Of the 608. <laughs> just um, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I've watched that Tidying Up. or What's yeah, the name Tidying of it? Up. Tidying yeah, Up. Yeah. Uh, I've watched that a little bit, and I, and I, and I appreciated it, and um, mm-hmm. I started rolling my underpants. Um, <laughs> I watched it, and I'm she, like, she could do better. She, I think there's more to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the she, things that caught my, or that I recall, was that she would... Um, at the beginning of her session, she would she would greet the house, or she would she would uh, I, I say a little prayer. Or she would have some mm-hmm. kind of meditative moment to absorb or feel the energy or the the get her, get her chi lined I think up. You got it. Yeah. Do you do anything like that? I, I'm because si- I'm hearing performance art, <laughs> and then I'm seeing this. We have a mutual friend, uh, Angela Richardson, and I did not know what her her MFA was in. I knew it was some kind of artsy thing, right? <laughs> So uh, she had an exhibit. She had uh, come across an estate sale, and the the home was filled with uh, staplers and notes. And this fellow, with the fellow who passed away, was uh, was a collector. The exhibit chronicled the the development and the uh, invention and, and and new ideas in stapling. Uh, and there was letters to uh, you know typewritten letters to uh, presidents of Swing Line and different paper companies asking for samples and, wow. and, uh, 
We're learning all about this individual and the life that he lived and his pursuit of this of this staple stapler collection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all made up. She just made the <laughs> oh, she, whole she, she, thing up. The background. Every one Fantastic. of those things. Everything there was manufactured to make me believe <laughs> that she had bought or come across a house full of staplers. And she created an entire exhibit, a, a long display, just, and typewritten letters and handwritten, handwritten notes to the dated 1958 to the president of the Swing Line Stapler Company. And it was all just because this, this was her art. But wait, did you feel something when you observed I'll, what I'll, you were watching? Yeah, like hook and like, like, <laughs> oh, like I got sucker, not punched, but just like. Oh my god. You were god. duped. <laughs> I was I was duped. I'm on the place and I lost my mind. If Marie Kondo came into my house and I mean I get the whole energy thing and I'm all I'll, I get it. But like <laughs> do we do it? That seemed a little over the top to me. Like that was a performance art thing that that to some might add value, but to the skeptic, to the person who's been to a stapler show <laughs> might go, huh. That's but, right. So this is this is this is legit stuff. Do you do any of that? So do you this do is any the question, edit? Nicole. So are you for real or not? <laughs> <laughs> I think is where we're going here. You know, or, I, or is this a piece you call? <laughs> you know, dragging the two radio old guys along and making them believe that that this is legit. I it's the the work is legit. I really don't care how you fold your underwear. I don't care. Like the, my main thing is just have less of it. And I when I go into a home, it's really more focused on the client and what they want to get out of it. If they want to keep every darn stapler in the house, for instance, <laughs> um, they are more than welcome to. I have no judgment about what they're keeping and what they're getting rid of. It's more just about focusing on uh, what they want in their lives to make them happier. But if so. you see a conflict between their goal and their actions, you you will shine that yes. the, the aforementioned harsh light of reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start putting that on my website. The heart, Nicole Gruder, the harsh light of reason. Willing forget, to, forget making room for happiness. It's, That's it's not as much where as, we both yeah. where we both make room for happiness as well and yeah. shine the harsh light of reason. Um, that's. Some people that listen or have, or have worked with me, they they know I, sh- I, sh- I shoot straight, and sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's not what you want to hear. Um, but that's that's that is why some people like me and why some people don't. That has been Anton in a nutshell. Um, there, uh, but so no, that, yeah. so that's good. Making making room for happiness as well as shining the harsh light of reality. I think that's a, a perfect summary of how I work. I, I like because I I really am quite like I said empathetic and kind, and then sometimes I I without judgment ask very point blank questions about how many picture hangers might you need in the next 10 years? And is it something easily and cheaply obtained? Again, if we were to get rid of, let's say, half of the 20,000 picture hangers you have, um, being a little bit facetious there. But how long, how long has it been since you did dishes, Ben? <laughs> ben, yes. <laughs> At how, least a day, right? <laughs> how long has that been? That's okay. So, well, this is all, this is all lovely, and I, I don't mean to tease there a little bit, but, oh, that Angela... 
That Angela. Yes. You she, know, I was wondering a bit about the moral uh, implications of this. I thought, oh, you had me going now in turn because I thought, oh, she's taken this dead person's belongings and turned them into her <laughs> art. And how, well, did she get permission from the family? And all these logistics started going through I'm my sure, mind. I'm sure she probably thought of that. And probably at the beginning <laughs> of her exhibit had a letter of approval from the from right. the heirs to the... Right. Because she just, every little detail and her boyfriend, Paul... Oh, I knew, and he was in on the whole thing. <laughs> Brilliant! I can't wait to talk to her about that. I haven't seen her in a long time. Well, she is lovely, and we talk a lot about our festivals. And years ago, she helped me build the uh, build a build a tree out of bottle caps, and it is in the uh, in the lobby at Monona Bank. Oh, lovely! On Atwood, and if, and she does all kinds of other work uh, and beautiful things. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On Facebook, at in the 608. In with us today is Rachel Whaley from the Lauer Realty Group. She is one of the real people delivering powerful results. They are online at lauerrealtygroup.com. It is August now. And, you know, earlier in the year, all we saw was new listings, new listings, new listings, new listings. And now... I feel like about half of the house updates that we're seeing are price drops because the market is doing what I would think is a healthy correction. You know, you get into July and people have renewed their leases and aren't in a hurry and you start to see where the market price has really peaked and then buyers kind of wise up and decide that they're not going to keep climbing in those prices and they, they wait and which in results returns into price drops which is kind of fun. It's a good time to write a low offer, get a good deal. I feel at this time of year, the, the buyer that I'm working with may be a little bit different. Earlier in the year, I'm working with first-time buyers, potentially ones moving from a more academic calendar and, and a rental situation, uh, whereas as the fall approaches, there may be more uh, families and, and people waiting for school to start and settle uh, just kind of a different a different scene. I agree. Well, thank you very much, Rachel. That was the market update for August 2019. Again, Rachel, available to you by reaching out to the Lauer Realty Group at 2229 Atwood Avenue and online at lauerrealtygroup.com. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Nicole Gruder. Nicole, thank you again for joining us today. It has been a pleasure so far to talk to you. Um, we've been talking about some of your artwork that you've done, your performance art. Um, one of the pieces that I saw, which I think was an art installation, it was a spoken word piece called What If? Oh, yes. And it was the first thing that um, I think I came across in doing some research. Sorry, I did research to talk to Great. how to talk to you, but... Um, <laughs> It came across and like I listened to it and I laughed. It's about what two, three minutes ish about somebody asking themselves questions about an object that I assume they have in their house. What what are the choices that I make? What if somebody else needs this? What if I need this 10 years from now? One, it, it landed very well for me because I don't know if you've seen, there's a meme out there of Jonathan Frakes, and I'll get a little nerdy here. He's the second in command from Star Trek The Next Generation. He was on a show called Believe It or Not, and there's a current video. Second in, is that, are we talking about? What's he, was, his, he was number one. He what's was his, not, what's Captain John Luke Picard. Right, so we're talking about... 
William Riker. Riker. Was his name. See there, yes, I don't know. Yeah, that would be less nerdy if you just said the character name and not the, the actor name. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> in any case, in his later in his career, he did a show called like a Believe It or Not, like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. And his intro was always to ask a question. You know, have you done this thing? What if this happened this way? What if this happened this way? And the two were like almost, you know, it was odd how the universe collided these two things. They were very similar. I think you did your piece many years ago. And his collection was more recent. What got to me really is the feeling of it is like, how do I depart with this thing that I have in my house and how do I get rid of that? Because I actually did a Goodwill trip just a week or two ago, which is another reason why I connected with me. And it's that feeling. It's that that why. And it's also a fear. Yeah. It's a, it's a very daunting feeling when you are dealing with getting rid of your own stuff and people get a case of the what ifs. Fear is a huge motivator to keep a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We keep things because of what if we need it someday? What if I can't find it again? What if a friend could use it? What, like you were mentioning. That was it right there. You just did it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's, it is a, a, um, a sticking point to releasing things back into the world or wherever they're going to the garbage or the recycling. I feel like we live in this duality right now with a, my, a scarcity mindset and also immense abundance. Uh, I know that there are class issues involved. However, there are an enormous amount of thrift stores in the Madison area. And I feel like we can we, we have what we need with what we're living in our within our homes. Does that make sense? I kind yeah. of stuttered over that. But um, so there's this scarcity mentality of, you know, what if I, what if this, what if that, uh, I, I can't let it go because of this. I can't let it go because of that. And then we have a bazillion stores around us with everything. We have Amazon, we have you know, everything at our fingertips. We can borrow things from people. We probably already have it in our home Etc. And as I think that tension between the two is a pretty fascinating in uh, in America, in particular Western culture. Do you have like a convincing argument to say that if we do this cleansing, if we do this cleaning, it will give you this? It will give you X Y Z. It will do something for you. And what what is that? Is this the main event? We- to touch on your comment about saving money with the move. When you present a home that is, you know, that has less stuff in it, less clutter, um, is more focused, you're not only presenting it in a in a more lovely light, really, but you have less things, fewer things to pack, fewer uh, items to unpack, fewer items to find a home for in the new home, less energy spent towards that, you know, less packaging material, um, and then also just bringing all those old projects, old memories, sort of dead items in your brain that don't really resonate anymore. That's where sort of the woo-woo stuff comes of Marie mm-hmm. Kondo, let's say. I really am a firm believer of just just let that stuff be in the past. Start a fresh chapter with fresh items for things that really resonate with you that that indeed give you joy. I know it's it's a cliche now, but it's really true. And you have I've seen people over and over again bring things that they said, oh, when I moved into this house 14 years ago, those boxes, you know, were boxes from the previous house. So they've been sitting with boxes <laughs> upon boxes upon house after house, and then they're going to move with it again. And if you can be really brave to just let it go, then you, I've never had any regrets from anybody letting stuff go ever. Not once. Yeah. Right. Let's take a break. We're going to take a look beyond the 608 with uh, a phone in from Phil. 
minivan, it's Phil, with a view from beyond the 608. Remember that old Waylon and Willie song, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up To Be Cowboys? In it, they talk about how we should let them be doctors and lawyers and such. But lately, I wonder if we shouldn't be telling our babies to become electricians and plumbers and such. Did you know that the average plumber in the state of Wisconsin makes pretty close to $33 an hour or over $68,500 a year? Electricians are at about $29 an hour or just over $60,000 per year. That compares to just over $18 an hour and $47,000 a year for the average person in the state of Wisconsin. And the fields are growing. The Bureau of Labor Statistics expects plumbing job growth at 16% annually between here and 2026. That compares to 7% for all occupations. As you know, Ben, a lot of the people we talk to say it's hard to find good help in the trades. Well, let's just teach those babies to become plumbers and electricians and such. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. I got the blues cause my baby left me by the San Francisco Bay. Welcome back to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us in the 608 on Facebook, where Ben will be posting pictures of his house progress and also the other house that we we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start an album. It's gonna be called the house that Rhonda bought. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's it is also the house that Adam didn't want to buy. No, it's this sad little house. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to chronicle the the decisions made and see if it uh, turns out to be a fixer and a rental, or if it turns out to be a. St- a, a hole in the ground for a new house. Yep. That voice has been Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Nicole Gruder of Positive Space. Nicole, you are an organizer. I hate to pigeonhole you just to say you are one thing because I feel like you're a lot of things, which are all fantastic. But um, Positive Space, tell me about what that is. Positive Space is my business where I help people downsize, prioritize, organize, and Energize. How about that? Anything that ends with jize. <laughs> and I we can come up with a list of yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's the quiz. Yeah. If people have hit a wall with how much stuff they're living with, or if there's a big change in their life, either a divorce or moving to a new home, downsizing, even upsizing, uh, they're having new additions to the family or kids are leaving the the house. If there's some sort of juncture in your life where you're feeling really stuck with your stuff uh, and you're feeling overwhelmed or you just need some accountability, I'm your gal. I can help you. I can help you. Got to imagine there's a lot of emotion in some of these decisions that people are making. When you come in to help out, anything that you found where you just are like, oh my gosh. And not what overwhelms other people is fun for me or is easy for me. And I just see a system in it all. I see the layers of emotion that can be very calmly dealt with. I can see where items can continue their life in a way that makes the client happy. Um, whether it be donation, recycling, a very specific place to sell something. Um, there's a, a lot, there are so many different places to get items to in Madison, whether it be, you know, prom dresses or sure. dress for success events or, you know, obviously there's places to sell things, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah, I just want to make that transition as, as easy and and enjoyable for people. It can actually be fun. I know that sounds difficult when you're overwhelmed with all of your stuff, but it 
brings people such relief when they see, when they get over the hump, when the, when the floodgates open and they realize, oh, all that anxiety I had about my stuff is it's easing up and it's a really rewarding feeling for both them and myself. I, I love that moment. So would you walk into somebody's house and start talking to them? Would you sit down with them first? Like what, what would somebody expect if they were going to talk? Usually we start with a phone conversation. I see what their sticking points are, uh, what their goals are, and we can do a consult in their home. Or some people just want to jump right in. They know it's the right way to go, and we begin work. And we go in sessions that are generally three-hour sessions. That's sort of the sweet spot. Um, after that, you're getting a little burnt out. <laughs> Before that, you know, it's, you're just getting rolling. Um, and... We can work for a few weeks. We can work for a few months. Whatever your goals are, whatever it takes to get to them. What's the best way to get the ball rolling with Nicole? Do I, do I call you up? You do can I, call me. Do I, do I research you online as we have? Where do I go? You can find me at positivespace.life, positivespace.life, or you can give me a call. Is there a, there's a phone number? Yes, there. I wasn't sure if I could get. Can I give oh, that over the oh, air? Sure. Okay, the, you can call me at 608 609 8112. We'll put all of this on the, uh, we'll put a link to positivespace.life. Yes. As well as, uh, as well as that phone number on our, on our website, in the 608.com. There's also, I'm also on Facebook, Positive Space is on Facebook. So Positive Space? It's posi- positive Space. Singular. Yes, sir. On Facebook. So we're in the 608 on Facebook and she's Positive Space. You could be in a positive space <laughs> or in, in the, the 608. I think, I think we are in a positive space. I think we're so. Gonna, I think we're we're, gonna, we're gonna do some some electronical linking of those things uh, on our website. When you see the episode, you click on the episode, listen to it, or you can click on the uh, click on the her picture or some some pictures that I'll steal from her Facebook page, <laughs> and uh, and that will take you there. I have one more question, Nicole. Can, yeah. can you, can I like send you to somebody's house? <laughs> Rob said, I'm like, you know what? They need some help right <laughs> over there. I hear that all the time. Well, if you should talk to my husband, you should talk to my wife, you should talk to my mother. Yeah, I hear it all the time. It really has to originate from the person themselves. It, it will not be successful otherwise. Yeah. Change does not happen if it comes through a critical path. Like Correct. That, but you are more than welcome to pass along my information to them. There we go. Yeah, you're a, trying, a, you're a gentle to hint. There? Yeah. A, a hint and a harsh light, if, if you will. Sure. Then your place is lovely and the dishes in your sink are just fantastic. I, I was going to well, I don't see a single problem. I, with I, it. I, I divorced a couple years ago, and that was my letting. That was me. You know, I, I started fresh, and that's why I live in a in a very dorm like setting with my simple <laughs> simple furniture and my. Um, but that that was that was healthy for me at that time. I needed, you know, I was sure. starting fresh, and the girls and I had our you know our fifty percent house, and um, and that was important for for us to have our own new space. And I and so I get a lot of that. Um, I would so I would I would happily let Nicole any, anywhere in my home, um, but I would not let her in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound as if I were. Ready at at the ready with a critique or something. I was going to shame you. If you anybody, even an unprofessional organizer, <laughs> an unprofessional, an unprofessional, organizer. an amateur, an amateur or unprofessional organizer would have critique of my garages. Uh, as you know, we have several uh, rental properties, and, and 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 many of them have garages. And I can tell you that none of the tenants park in them. Oh. Ah, yeah. yes. So we've. But when am I going to use that? 
I'm going to need that. That's like $150. That that vanity that I picked up off the curb on Evergreen and put in the back seat of Rhonda's truck for the house on Lansing, if we fix it, <laughs> is worth like $150. Oh, is that what's in your garage right now? This is all a real thing that I picked up on Thursday. Oh. It's August. This is this is <clears throat> curb picking time. I was going to say it's just the beginning. Right. <laughs> and you know, really, I should clarify. There's an, I'm. I have a lot. I have a lot of clothing, and I, that's my real soft spot, if you will. That's my downfall. But the, it brings me joy. It mm-hmm. brings me. I, but I use a lot of my space for my clothes, and so I, from an outsider's people think I'm a minimalist. I am not a minimalist. <laughs> and if you want to spend your time on that dresser, fantastic. My thing is just I, I like to stress. Um, Time frames. So if you have that dresser two years from now, maybe reconsider it as a project that you want to keep thinking about every time you open the door and you see it. That just means we need to buy another house. <laughs> or a storage <laughs> unit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. I have I have enjoyed you shining your not-so-harsh light on, <laughs> on, uh, on organizing and, and what it can mean to people. As I shared a story earlier about, you know, we're trying to take the fear... Out of all these processes, you know, yes. home, home ownership is not easy, but there are rewards and, uh, and everything is, is, is easier and more fun if you erase the fear. If you just take a look long enough to say what's really going on here and, uh, and understanding it so that you can move forward and learn. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And thank you to you both. Thank you. Thank Very you. enjoyable. It's a great you. show. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears online at inthe608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. Ben, what was that? That was episode Ocho. We got to the Ocho. Yeah, not bad. That, that's a sports thing, isn't it? It's from the movie Dodgeball, where there's an ESPN channel called the Ocho. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, to, I'm throwing in a lot of pop culture references in no, the show today. No, that's great. We, 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 that's, uh, that's what makes it interesting. Yes, yes. It's also of the Spanish language for the number eight. That's so where I was, yes. That's I, probably where you were going with it. This. Well, it was, it was, oh, here, uh, funny joke. Do we have time for we a got, joke, We got Adam? time for a joke. Go for it. All right. Uh, Spanish-speaking uh, musician says, uh, on the count of three, I'm going to disappear. Okay. Uh, so he said, uno, dos. And then he was gone without a trace. Oh. Thanks to Lola Anton for that lovely Straight one. Up dad joke there, Ben. That well, was on ben. the way to 4-H camp today. <laughs> uh, we started out, we got in the headlines, with the chocolate shop? Uh, oh, don't yeah. worry. We don't know yet. Good chance that somebody, or at least we all hope someone will yep. buy the real estate and continue to to let to lease it to uh, to Dave and the chocolate shop folks, uh, and we will still be able to enjoy that right there on Atwood Avenue. Yep, I'm um, feeling stress about it, but not as much stress that this house on Lansing. Avenue house on me. Lansing, <laughs> and uh, it was a little frightening, yeah. and it uh, and. And, and, and looking at it through, through different eyes, through the should this house be torn down and replaced with something better eyes, mm-hmm. uh, is what brought uh, Rhonda, my business partner in Deacon Housing, and, um, and lovely bride to Phil of Phil Plord and his oh, look beyond the 608. I don't know if I knew that part. Well, there you go, because they, they, they are Plord properties. Okay. So if she, married, if she married him, she must also be pretty smart. Um, but she doesn't listen, so we can say whatever we want about her. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be a feature. The house that Adam looked at and didn't want that Rhonda said, I wonder what we could do with this house, is now going to be a feature 
in the 608 on Facebook. Look for the album that I will create called mm-hmm. The House That Rhonda Built or Bought. So you'll be chronicling with some photos. You're going to get a chronicle from those first few photos that I took when I crawled down into the deep, dark crawl space that uh, made to me look nervous. for value. That made me nervous. That's going to be a new feature on Facebook, so go there and please like the page. It just takes pushing that button, but then you'll be kept up to date. Also on the show today... Um, can't deny the affableness of Nicole Gruer. She was just fantastic. It was we. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a lot of uh, a lot of old old histories, some stories, and things that um, we didn't know that our, our our histories had crossed so close. And here we are again. But she is clearly uh, studied in her approach. Um, and there, and we talk about Venn diagrams. There was clear yeah. that there's some there's some of her. Uh, her study of, of of art and 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 comedy and, and writing and all, everything, all the things, everything the stir it stir yeah. it up and you come with a very studied and smart approach to organizing and and an understanding of it from a psychological and emotional perspective, mm-hmm. um, and which how is it's her, really going to affect folks. And that's her gig right now. She'll come in and help folks declutter, get that stuff out of there, deal with some of that stuff. And this is a this is a real estate podcast, so we talked a little bit about how those choices can affect you at the time of sale and how that how that clean, tidy, uh, Marie Kondo'd uh, house is going to attract more buyers, uh, get you a better price, and 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 hopefully uh, set you in a, on a better path as you as you purchase anew. Okay, so we should talk about how people can find other media to learn about the In the Six Hundred Eight podcast. Hey, you're listening to a real estate magazine for your ears. So let's jump over to that Facebook page we mentioned mm-hmm. and click. Not only are we going to like the page, we're going to like the page mm-hmm. so we can see around this house. Uh, but we're going to click subscribe or sign up. And that's going to sign you up for uh, BenAnton.com's monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. which is the podcast for your eyes. Yeah, uh, There's going to be things like some market update information, some tips and tricks, not, not too dissimilar from our top of the hour tip, but an easy way in 20-second uh, in chunks to... Uh, Keep a good grasp on the Madison real estate market. So many benefits. If you were lucky enough to open the last one, you would have found free tickets to go see the Madison Mallards. Too. Yeah, you would have joined me. You'd have joined me at the Mallards game. So, uh, so sign up for that newsletter. And uh, and uh, Ben, this has been another good one for the Ocho. Say that joke one more time. Is a magician. The magician says, "I'm going to." The Spanish-speaking muge- muse- magician says, "I'm going to disappear on the count of three. <laughs> Uno, dos. And then he was gone without a trace. All right, well done. Thank you to our musicians who uh, you have been listening to throughout the day here. Renclaw, El Donk. Seesaw. And the Mad City Jug Band. <laughs> I think you can hear um, many of these artists are actually gigging around in the summertime. You can yeah. see them live um, uh, in the Madison area. Ben, where will I see you around town? You're going to see me pouring beer at festivals because that's what I seem to be doing here. All right. And you're going to see me on the other side of the table receiving that beer that you were serving and thanking you so much. Well, thank you, Adam. Come on, baby. Won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup you're calling my name and come on baby won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game you're always playing at your favorite arcade and we could be taking that and we could be right
Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours. And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. So I'm singing you this waiting song 